When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there. This is Matt Leggetti, your favorite comic book yeti. Did you know that if enough people listen to this podcast, advertisers give us money? Money we can then use to, say, pay our journalists. It's wild. Totally unrelated, we make this podcast using Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Even Grant can do it, and he's a grandpa when it comes to technology. Love you, Grant. Let me fill you in on what some of us in the industry call reasons to believe. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more, and they make it super easy. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor's totally free, which is great when you're, say, a comic book journalism website who lives on donations and boyish charm. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. And hey, I love you. You are listening to Into the Comics Cave with your host, comic book heartthrob, Grant Stoy. Hey, thank you uh, for tuning in yet again. I don't know why, but we're going to roll with it. <laughs> Today I'm talking to my buddy, uh, who is, you know, just the creator and driving force behind Black Hole Comics and Entertainment, Gatorin Chanel. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what's up, what's up? Thank you for having me. Oh yeah, absolutely, dude. So first and foremost, I just want to ask, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, born and raised. Really? Yes, sir. Because I know that you currently live in arguably the best state in uh, the country, uh, Michigan. Go green, baby. Go green. <laughs> but Cincinnati, I didn't know that. Like, how long did you live there? Oh, yeah, my whole life. Until I was 18, I moved to college. Yeah, I grew up in like this, uh, at first, just kind of like a stereotypical type of, like uh, like the hood, I guess, type city called uh, Mount Healthy. It's mm-hmm. like pretty run down and stuff, and but it it, it was cool. And then we moved to like uh, the suburbs, uh, this place called Fairfield. Yeah, it's like it's like right outside Cincy, like 15, 20 minutes. Uh, grew up there and had a, you know, and then I came up here uh, when I was 18 because I, I, I hated Ohio. 
Um, as you as you are right to do so. Yeah, yeah. So I hated Ohio and like my school. Like if you were if you had good grades, because I had I had good grades. So like if you had good grades, you went to Ohio State. You you got scholarship and went to Cincy, or you went to like two other schools, maybe Ohio, maybe to Toledo. I said, fuck that. I'm getting out of the state. So, so I ended up going to Michigan state and um, yeah, I just, it was just like, uh, I, I visited a whole bunch of schools, but when I got up there, if anyone who's been to Michigan state's campus can tell you it's gorgeous. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can't beat it. And like all of that surrounding area in Lansing is just fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super fun. So yeah. And I've been up here ever since. So that was 2012. I got up here. It is 2021 now. I, I was talking the other day with my fiance about how old I feel. Like I'm only 27, but I'm just like, damn, I've been up here for almost 10 years. This shit's crazy. <laughs> shit's insane, man. I'm sorry. I just turned 40, so feeling old at 27 sounds <laughs> wild. Isn't yeah, it? I know. <laughs> starting to starting to stand up and my back starts hurting and shit. I'm like, oh my god, I'm going down already. It's over. So now I'm really curious. Like you went to MSU. They have just a renowned like comic book library. Have you been it's able to check it out? Amazing. Oh yeah, it's amazing. So one of the coolest things was when I worked at, at um when I worked at, at my, my local comic book shop, one of the people who, who was on our pull list was a professor at MSU who taught comics. And man, when I tell you the conversations that we would have, <laughs> like just talk all day about things from like the 40s things coming out now he loved all he loved everything he was so cool and so i, I used to talk with him all the time when you he want came to give in. a shout out to your old store by the way oh yeah it's a it's summit comics and games is, is where i used to work and where did that love of comics come from where did you get into him as a kid or was it like a progressively older thing? yeah yeah well so like my dad is the biggest reason why and it's funny my dad doesn't like comics really but he loved like the tv shows oh right on yeah, so like growing up, you know, X-Men animated show, Spider-Man mm. animated show. We made a tradition to watch the Justice League cartoon like as it was coming out. That's how I learned DC. I wasn't really, really reading comics when I was like a, a, a tiny kid. And I learned everything I knew about DC from that show. I started getting into comics when, you know, like they had the little like uh, scholastic book fairs and, and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. So I was always broke. <laughs> and I never <laughs> had I never had money for any of them. One year I had some money. I can't remember where I got it from. I didn't steal it or anything like that. But <laughs> one year I had, I had some money and um, I got this little, I still have it. I got, it's like this little X-Men like uh, encyclopedia. It's super, it's super thin. It's just like a, a little paperback book, but it's got this whole breakdown of all these X-Men characters and like, like Jim Lee drawings and all, all this stuff inside of it. I was hooked. That was it. Um, so I started, and then I started uh, reading comics at like uh, the library and stuff like that. Tons of X Men stuff, uh, older DC stuff. Um, I read Watchmen when I was like fourteen. Didn't understand a word of it, but I was like, "This is so cool." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, and it just, it just, it just, kept, it's something that never died. Like I did a lot of stuff growing up. I played football. Um, I did MMA in college. Um, you know, I, I I was an RA at Michigan State for for a while. All right on. Yeah, I, I did a whole bunch of stuff, but when I graduated, you know, instead of going into the real world and getting a big boy job, I decided to go work at my at my, my local comic book store. So yeah, I did that for a while. So what was it? If you can identify, what was it about like those those shows that you watched that hooked you? Was it the story or the art? And these are like the X Men animated series and like the Justice League and the Batman. Mm-hmm. Like those are just seminal moments in pop culture history. 
For sure. But what was it about those that kind of helped you? I think the scope of it all, man. So, like, in those DC shows, like, I used to love how every episode was kind of, like, different, especially in, like, the second part, the um, the Justice League um, Unlimited or whatever they call oh, it. Oh, yeah. Bro, like, <laughs> Captain Adam became my favorite thing since sliced bread. Like, if anyone, if anyone who knows me, who's known me on Twitter for a while, they know I have, like, a, you know, I have a huge, like, man crush on Captain Adam. And there's this one episode where, like, he fought Superman and Superman beat him into a freaking pulp. <laughs> if you remember that one, like he was like, he turned evil for like two seconds and him and Superman fought. And the fact that he stood up to Superman for like just that little bit, I was mm-hmm. in love. I was like, I love this character forever until, until the day I die. So just stuff like that, man, there's just little things or like the one episode where Batman, um, it's like the, it's like in the future and like, uh, Amanda Waller's talking with, with Terry about that stuff that Batman did in the past, bro. Yeah. Is that the one with the the is the Royal Flush Gang? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and he talks to the girl, man, and he sits yeah. on the swing with her. Yeah, man. Whether I whether I'm eight years old or you know thirty eight years old, I'm I'm be crying at that scene. So when did you start taking trying your hand at writing? So it's funny. Um, I started writing. The very first thing I ever wrote was poetry. You know, really? I was. Well, I was I was that basic kid who 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 liked to try <laughs> to get girls that way. You know, so. Oh yeah. Writing, yeah, yeah, right. And like, and I used to have like set poems. I used to send to girls and stuff like that, and to be like, "Oh yeah, like I'm such a, I'm such a, a wordsmith." I was terrible. I, I couldn't write at all. <laughs> no, I started writing a, a prose. Actually, was the very first thing I started writing. I didn't. I, I, I never thought about writing comics at all uh, growing up. But when I read, uh, I took this class in high school. It was like a lot of old lit, so like Robert Heinlein and stuff like that, Asimov. And I just really got into prose. And like, once I started finding out about, cause like, you know, when you're young, you know, when you're black, when you're poor, you think that like all these writers are like fucking scholars, right? Right. Like you think that they're like the greatest minds that the world has ever produced. And sometimes they are. But then once I started finding out that some of these writers are just dudes. Yeah. You know, just like normal guys. I was like, shit, I think I want to write. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, oh, my God, I think I actually want to try my hand at being a writer. And so when I was 19, I wrote my first novel. Really? And it was awful. Oh, yeah, it they got to be. Oh, yeah. I wrote three novels, bro, in college. <laughs> Are they available anywhere? Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. And <laughs> yeah, no, I wrote three novels in high school. It was a story about, you know, I'm not even going to say it because it's a bomb idea. Once I figure out how to like rework it, it might it might come out down the line. But, I respect that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, like they were terrible. And um, like I wrote, yeah, I, I wrote those three novels. And I used to do it in between like my RA shifts and between classes and stuff like that. There's one day I, I will never forget. I wrote like 10,000 words in a day. No, you didn't. Yeah. And I, I sat in this basement of, of a dorm that I was having lunch at. And I cranked out 10,000 words. I was there for like, I don't know how long, all day. Sign up to sundown. I didn't feel like no type of like mental fatigue or anything. Obviously I'm super young. So like no mental fatigue, no, like I wasn't worn out. And I was like, I think this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. You know, it was, it was one of those moments. It was terrible word vomit garbage, but I was just like, you know, like, like that euphoric type shit. Right. It was awesome. I think Um, it has to be said that like, just to give an idea of how many words that is like mm -hmm. a standard paragraph is like 100 to 300 words. Exactly. So that's ins- it's awesome that you like that that keyed you in, but my God, that's like running a marathon and then being like, you know what, I like <laughs> I like jogging. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like it's like yeah, it's like being a boxer, and you, you're like, man, I kind of enjoy getting hit in the face. This is, <laughs> this is the coolest thing that's ever happened in my life. I want to have more of this. But yeah, that's that's exactly how it was, man. And then when I was I was 22 or 23, I don't remember when it was. 2018 um, was when my first actual novel came out, uh, Mystic Man. Uh, really? Like this, yeah, the superhero political novel that's on Amazon. I came, I uh, I, I self published that. I was really proud of that. Everything that I am is in that book. Like it's got politics, it's got superheroes, it's got race, it's got, you know, family love. It's got, it's just, it's, it's got every, literally everything, probably too much. Yeah. That was the first thing that I, I ever published. So. Oh, that's wild. So how did you go from the success that, that you've had with writing prose into like Black Hole? Mm -hmm. like, so what was that transition like? Black Hole started because I, uh, because I'm obsessed with like, like uh, logistics and stuff like that mm -hmm. and like how things work. So, and that's why I wanted to work at a comic book store. I wanted to see what the business of running a comic book, running, how do you make money with Batman and Superman? But more <laughs> importantly, how do you make money selling stuff that other people don't know about? Right. That's what, that's what I really like wanted to learn. And, you know, as I got there, I just, as I was there, I just got so frustrated with a lot of things, things that were happening in comics at the time things that were happening at my shop. And uh, I was just, I was ranting one day, me and my friend, uh, Nick, uh, who, who co-founded black hole with me, we used to just talk and ran all the time, you know, we're doing polls and stuff like that. And, you know, it was like, I mean, we weren't high or anything, but it's like, it, it's like we were high one day and I was just like, bro, let's start a company, man. That just like fuels creators. And like, you know, I, I did that voice and everything. Um, <laughs> But no, like that—that's that, that's pretty much how it started. Uh, like I, I just really wanted to do something where that was weird, had no limits. I, I could do what I want. I could put in, you know, I could, I could, I could prop up whoever I wanted to. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then that's how we came up with the name Black Hole because you know it's infinite and all that stuff. <laughs> Space is is my is my jam. So, and at the same time, I was writing comics as well. I was really starting to like get into that too, mm -hmm. and uh, it was a lot. But I I think that. Uh, I wouldn't change anything about about that because like that was a cool like moment for me to realize that that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, and where do you find your inspiration? Uh, everywhere. I mean, I'm one of those. I'm one of you know. I'm a stereotypical type of storyteller where I see a story and everything. A lot of my inspiration comes from my life. Like my upcoming comic is <laughs> directly involved from my life. Um, so. But I find my inspiration from everything, man. Like a lot of things going on in the world. Like when I when Mystic Man, when I was writing Mystic Man, uh, Philando uh, Castillo, Castillo had had just been murdered, and I I put that I put that in the book oh, of geez. like uh, the main character is doing his daughter's hair, and his daughter's asking him like, "Hey, Daddy, what's going on?" She's like five, and he's got to explain to her, you know, the the brutality of race, and so stuff like that always makes its way into my work, whether I wanted to or not. Mm -hmm. but yeah just just my life and stuff like i, I i'm a pretty boring guy in general <laughs> so <laughs> so i just i, I pick i pick a, a lot of things up and uh you know I, I watch a lot of stuff too like there's not really any genre there's not really any genre of music i don't like any genre of film or whatever or any comic i don't like i've been really trying to i've been really trying to branch out especially these last few years and just read all this weird stuff i'll be like man i hate this art but this story is so good you know? right or i hate this writing but this art's amazing yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm getting the vice versa exactly like, oh something about this is unsettling and compelling exactly yep 
I try, I, I've been trying to get out of my comfort zone for sure in these last few years. Now, when you're creating, are you a normal person that listens to music or has something going in the background? Or are you one of those stone cold psychos that does nothing, like just silence? It depends, man. So, like, you know, especially over these last few years, my uh, um, anxiety has just gotten really bad and stuff. So, yeah, I can imagine. There's certain days where, like, you know, we're like, uh, I just need coffee and silence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's certain days, but there's certain days, man, I need like George Lopez or something on in the background while I'm, while I'm looking at like an Excel spreadsheet or something, <laughs> you know, like yeah, there's some, there's some days I need, like, like I love noise. Usually when I write, it depends on what I'm writing. Like with this upcoming thing I'm writing, it's a lot of crime. So like, I've been listening to a lot of like Fargo, Godfather oh, right soundtrack, stuff like that. Jazz is probably the number one thing I listen to when I write. So, really? yeah, I can write anything to jazz, sci-fi, young adult, fantasy. You know, I can write anything to jazz because I look because it's so it's so versatile. What's so. your favorite jazz album? Come on, bro. It's like asking somebody their favorite comic, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's like when you tell non-nerds that you like comics, I'd be like, well, do you love Marvel or do you see? I'm like, I love it. Yeah, I, love <laughs> I, I just, I just like it. Videos. OK, yeah. how about this? Ready? So it's evening. You're mm-hmm. chilling. You're alone. It's about 40 degrees outside, right. sun setting. Hmm. It's just peaceful. What do you want to put on? Putting on some Coltrane, man. Nice. Some Coltrane. I mean, like, I love I love modern artists, too. Like, uh, Joel Ross is probably my favorite modern artist. There's this really great, great guy. He's from England named uh, Shabaka Hutchings. Mm-hmm. He has, like, <laughs> he does every type of jazz that you can imagine. Like, crazy sci-fi, like, Blade Runner type stuff to like traditional type of stuff to like bebop stuff. Uh, yeah, Shabaka Hutchings is probably my favorite overall right now. So, Torin, I just gotta ask you something. Mm. Would it be fucked up if like cats suddenly had human mouths with like human teeth and human lips? That would be weird because cats are already weird. Yeah, right. I'm not a cat guy, so I'm sorry to, to offend all the cat cat listeners out there, all the cat <laughs> lovers and stuff, and. That would be fucked, man. If if cats had, was it human mouths and human teeth? Yeah, that'd be weird. Lips, it, teeth, tongue, the whole shebang. And imagine if they just started talking and shit too. What if? What if the only way they could talk was if they're using like a weird, like that wet telephone voice that some people have, where they're like, "Hey, oh god, what's going on?" <laughs> It'd be like, "Morning, Mister Whiskers. How are you?" <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> and you don't have a cat in your house, correct? No, no, no. We, we do not. What happens if that cat shows up in your house? Bro, stop it. <laughs> I'll just faint right then and there. I'll just you know, I'll just fall out. It's over. <laughs> your fiance's out getting bagels or something. This cat just climbs up on your chest like, hey, man. Yeah, bro. No, I'll be like, hey, this house is yours now, man. Enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> you want the key? I got the key for you, bro. If you want to, you know, lock up when you leave type shit. I'll leave if you want. I don't care. <laughs> like, when you think of a cat with that weird fucking face thing like what kind of cat do you see i see a black cat man <laughs> they're so weird <laughs> so basically you see salem from the sabrina the teenage witch show yeah yeah see i, I fuck with salem if, if cats was like that and it was you know it was witty like salem talking the little laugh he used to do man yeah see i like salem he cool well, now i want i want a big fat like garfield cat just pop up in your house and have like the big fat guy voice too a little throaty. <laughs> John Goodman and shit when I walk in. <laughs> Can you imagine if a cat sounded like John Goodman? Bro, that's that's how I imagine Garfield sounds. 
Really? <laughs> yeah. When not, I see Garfield, not Chris I see Pratt. No, no, good lord. <laughs> no, not Chris Pratt. See, this is where I feel real old because my Garfield is Lorenzo Music. Because mm. that guy had like his voice on Garfield, and he was also Tummy Gummy from the Gummy Bears. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know the Gummy Bears? Yeah. I was like, even more, man. <laughs> and right now we're at a fun part. We got five questions. Gotcha. Ask every guest. Let's get it. So number one, what's your favorite comic book sound effect? You know what? I've loved Bang recently. Just Bang? Bang. How do you want it shown on the page? I like it big and bold. Yeah. 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 Big and bold. I mean, see, like sound effects to me, like I've I've been. This is a huge tangent. I have no, been. Go for it. I've been I've been learning to love lettering so much re- uh, recently in comics. Yes. Um, because I I now I'm starting to especially with you know w- with Cold Dark Universe and and just like making more comics daily. Mm-hmm. Lettering's crazy, bro. Like it, it's just one of those things that like once you break it down and you see how how letters do it, and you see how often they have to do it and how many projects they mix and match and how many styles they mix and match and and like where they play stuff like it's a a beautiful thing but sound effects have never been my favorite thing but yeah i love bang like in a lot of comics recently that i've been writing it's it's been a very pivotal sound effect (laughs) (laughs) now what's something about the medium of sequential art that you love how it can be anything especially when i I used to work at, at when i used to work at a shop the coolest thing was see i've never understood the comic book employee who reads like just dc right right i've never understood it i've never understood people like that in general do you know do what you do what you love you know more, more power to you but the comic book store employee who will look you dead in the face and says this marvel comic sucks this image comic sucks this this aftershock comic sucks and only dc is good and it's just it's just so weird i, I i've never been that type of guy and like i i worked with a, a few guys like that yeah. um but you know comics can be anything you want them to be you look at a comic like monstrous or like you know ice cream man or or divinity or grass kings i mean those are four completely separate stories genre wise tone wise etc they all kind of work yeah they all have they all have panels they all have art but they all flow a certain way and they all have like a different type of atmosphere to it that i don't think a movie or a show could replicate they could do a really good job Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you have the perfect director and, like, a really good writer and all that stuff, good acting and all that stuff, but there's just some moments in comics you really can't recreate. And yeah. they, I love it. They can be anything. Absolutely. On a flip side about um, of that, what's something about sequential art that you dislike? That I dislike? How long it takes to get pages back from artists. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we add the caveat. We know how hard artists work. We know. Oh no no no! How much no, work without them? No no no! Hundred percent. Yeah, like it, it it is it is a it is like well not in a bad way not in like oh artists you suck like yeah, yeah. pages but just like the 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 waiting just mm-hmm. destroys my soul. <laughs> I'm just like oh I want to see it. I want to see it on the page. I want to see the vision come to life. And and certainly ter- in terms of like actually pr- practically, I don't really dislike anything about sequential art. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think it's the best. Okay, turn that negative into a positive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number four is what's your favorite curse word that's not a curse word? Favorite curse word that's not a curse word? 
Oh, you gotta you gotta give me some examples. I feel like I say something. So let's say that you're in a target and a little kid walks by, but you just crash your shin on like a piece of something sticking out, and you can't swear. But you gotta say something. And let that let that steam out. You know what's crazy? I'm probably gonna cuss. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like I feel like God damn it! What the what happened yeah yeah um i don't know man probably uh you know it's funny uh, one of my my dad one of the things that that uh, he used to say he used to say kiss my aspirin so, <laughs> <laughs> and so uh i remember one time in school where around the time of like seven i was like seven or eight i said it like every time the teacher told me to do anything yeah, I was that kid, man. I got really good grades in school throughout like the entirety of school. So I thought I was like better than everybody for a long time until I got to like, you know, until I grew up when I was like mm -hmm. 15, 16. But like when I was like a kid, yeah, I used to just repeat things that my dad would say. My dad would say stuff like, oh, like what the ham sandwich and kiss my aspirin and stuff <laughs> like that. So yeah, probably that. And like sometimes I still like say that in my head. I don't really say it too much anymore. Like, kiss oh, my you aspirin. gotta bring it back now. <laughs> Hey dad, I'm I'm saying this again. What? <laughs> I said that? <laughs> yeah, ex exactly. No, that's exactly how it is. I don't even remember that. You said it every day, bro, when I was like fucking 6 years old. They <laughs> <laughs> said kiss my fucking aspirin. Exactly. <laughs> so this is it. This is the last one. You ready? Mhm. Mm Let's say there's a heaven and you just died by some cat sitting on your face and suffocating you. Oh good god. <laughs> Sorry, man. It sounds like John Goodman. I couldn't make it move. <laughs> You show up at the Pearly Gates, and you're greeted by Jack Kirby, a.k.a. Jacob Kurtzberg. Actually, it's the other way around. That's okay. The uh, what do you hope he says to you? Good shit. Good shit. You know, I don't need much. <laughs> I don't need much. Just an attaboy kind of thing? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Good shit, man. <laughs> well, Torn, it was awesome having you on. Thank you so much. And uh, where where can folks find you on the socials? I appreciate it. My uh, my the main place I'm on is Twitter. Uh, that's at Peace Love Comics. Just Peace Love Comics. And um, you know you can follow you can you can go on Black Hole Comics Entertainment's website, BlackHoleEntertainmentCo.com. Read the plethora of short stories, the short comics that we have for free. And uh, yep, for free. Yep. And my newest comic is coming to Kickstarter next next Tuesday, or I don't know when this is going to come out, but <laughs> November 16th, my, my newest Kickstarter is going to be out. It's called NSF. It is a financial neo-noir crime comic based heavily on my life in finance and finance and like banks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's a, it's a world where banks control literally every aspect of human life. That so. sounds eerily similar to current status. And it exists, exists. So, and that comes out, uh, yeah, November 16th. I'm hoping it to, to be a long running series. Uh, I've got a lot of issues written already. Uh, artists is on board. My co-writer is on board. So, uh, but yeah, Peace Love Comics on, on Twitter is the main place where you can find me and keep up to date with my jazz tastes and stuff. <laughs> right on. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. This has been a Comic Book Yeti production. You can find new episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and anywhere podcasts stream. For more information on the Comic Book Yeti, please visit comicbookyeti.com. And for more of Grant, visit grantstoy.com or on Twitter at Grant and Stuff.
Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now 